Well, thank you for joining me. My name is Paul Teese, and on this edition of the If Win podcast, we're going to be talking about overcoming adversity, and we have some very special guests today. Uh, we're joined by Lieutenant Hugo Mitchell Heggs of the Royal Navy and Tom Parsons of Jacob. So Hugo and Tom, thank you both so much for joining me today. Uh, to get us started, uh, Hugo, tell us about this journey that you and your team mates undertook, and why did you do it? Yes, thank you very much for having me, Paul. And it's great to be uh, great to be able to speak to all our all my, my my good friends over at Jacobs again. Um, where yeah, it's weird thinking about it that actually exactly this time last year I was on a little boat um, just pushing off from the Canary Islands on my way to uh, to Antigua. Um, the campaign was HMS Audacious, so we had a team of four serving Royal Navy submariners who um, who planned this fantastic campaign to row across the Atlantic Ocean. So 3,000 miles, about just under 5,000 kilometers um, from the Canary Islands to Antigua. Um, so expecting to you know, be in shifts of two hours on, two hours off, and mm. um, you know, experiencing the full, the full spectrum of, uh, of, of highs and lows and everything that comes with it. It was, it was wonderful. Mm. And so why, why did you do this? Uh, why was, uh, why did you take this audacious trip? Audacious it, trip, I should say. Audacious trip. It was, um, <laughs> Well, for us, it's you know, as, as submariners, we you know we operate beneath the waves. It's uh, it's uh, you know we're, we're we're very much familiar with that with that world. You know, the isolation, the mm -hmm. the watch patterns, being in you know challenging environments and looking after each other as a team. Um, so for us, it was really more of an opportunity to maybe showcase ourselves to the world in a in a different way. Not mm -hmm. many know about the environment and what what we do, but um, being able to showcase submariners in the public eye challenge ourselves you know show show that we're capable of more than just um you know the the, the normal day-to-day -day we do on deployed submarines it was, mm. was, was a great opportunity you know obviously there's the that that stigma associated with us you know we don't we they call us um you know sun dodgers you know, mm. to avoid the sunshine so that was gonna, always going to be a bit of a challenge for us but no joke jokes aside it was just all about um mm -hmm. you know, about about uh about adventure uh, and pushing ourselves and of course you know with with something of this scale you can uh, you can also do some great stuff with charity so you know actually really on point with what tom tom was all about it was all about mental health and well-being and trying to you know, champion um that you can you know you can be in the most extreme conditions in the most extreme isolation in 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 moments of adversity but still maintain uh, a stable well-being by you know, looking after each other and a whole load of other stuff i'm sure we'll, we'll talk about Mm -hmm. So to to recap, you were it was a a thirty seven day journey, and it was just you and three of your teammates out alone on. I mean, it's a pretty tricked out rowboat, but it's you know essentially it's a it's a, a small boat, and you have no one else but yourselves to depend on, right? There's no, you know, if you get into big trouble out there in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, it's it's not it's not easy to come rescue you. So you know, what was one of the more frightening moments of the trip and how did you overcome it? Oh, there were, I mean, there were, there were some plenty of them, you know, we were the, the boat just to put it into perspective was seven meters long, mm -hmm. 28 feet. So, you know, maybe the, just, just a bit longer than a car, um, you took a small cabin at each end for us to sleep in. And, you know, we, and then the rest of the time you're on this deck, uh, completely exposed at the same level as the water, mm -hmm. you know, when you've got waves that were, you know, 20 to 40 feet high, you, you, you feel so tiny and vulnerable and, and you know, kind of almost meaningless in the grand scheme of, of everything. Mm -hmm. um, 
uh, there were the, the terrifying moments. There were plenty of them. I think maybe the first the first day, the first night, you know, the first night where we'd been out, we trained, you know, we prepared really well. We'd been out in some quite aggressive conditions in the in the in the English Channel. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd been out in the Irish Sea, which I thought was really nasty at, at times. I'd never seen anything like this. And our first two days, mm. we had it was like you know. I, I like to say it's, it was like living on a, on a log flume in a water park. It's, mm. uh, it was, it was, and just, you know, keeping your wits about you when you're tired, you, you know, you're struggling to keep food down mm-hmm. uh, and you're not knowing the waves are sometimes hitting you side on. So you don't know where they're coming from. It's pitch black. That took a little bit of getting used to, but then you very quickly, you know, it took, it took a little while to blood into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's almost dangerous in a way because you, you, you develop this, this overconfidence mm. uh, and it takes so little for the conditions to change and become completely, completely terrifying again. I'd say that the, the, what we did have a capsize um, and that was you know, a very powerful moment. You know, there, there's some incredible things that happened uh, when that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was almost, it almost happened too fast to be scared. You, it was all about muscle memory and trust and, you know, just, just getting through a dark moment. But for every for that one time we capsized, there were about 10, 15 times where we lost control of the boat. We were side onto the waves, 40 feet high, mm. uh, and you and you and you're almost anticipating a capsize. And at that time, it's just about it. You're just in survival mode, getting you know, everyone is out on deck, mm. clipped on, three up, rowing, just trying to turn the boat back to get back on, on side. And you can feel the wind, you know trying to pull the boat it's, it's it, the wind is literally stronger than than all three of us rowing on deck but the fourth guy trying to steer the boat it is mm-hmm. it's quite you do feel quite tiny in those in those conditions wow uh, that is really powerful i mean i'm getting just a little seasick just hearing you describe it but uh Me too. yeah you know so imagining the scene you know and and tom i want to bring you here in on this you know you uh, the idea of teamwork and like the vulnerability and the necessity of really putting your life in the hands of your three, your three teammates and stuff. And Tom, you know, hearing Hugo talk about his story and what he's been going through, you know, what, and you've worked with him for a while now and uh, you really know his story pretty well. What have you learned you think is relevant from a mental health perspective that could be helpful for people you know, dealing with a different type of isolation, you know, namely being locked down during the pandemic? Yeah, it's a great question because I think we're all just inspired by Hugo's story. I think everybody globally, you're not human if you haven't really felt the challenges of today. Mm -hmm. You know, we've all felt it might be a health concern or worry for, you know, elderly parents or, you know, somebody vulnerable in our in our circles or that isolation, that social social isolation from our friends or family or or uncertainty over, you know, loss of income in the households, all these uncertainties. Mm -hmm. Um, And we just when we heard Hugo's story, we just thought, wow, here's here's a group of four guys who found a purpose. Uh, in, in terms of a mental health charity and wanted to go on this amazing journey for 37 days and, and you know, in some respects, you know, put their, their life and their sanity on, on the line for, for, this, for this amazing purpose, for, for a mental health purpose. Um, but when we did a deep dive into the story with Hugo on the similarities between some of the struggles that we all have in life, 
there were many, right? And one that really stood out for me in talking with Hugo was the importance of showing vulnerability, okay? Mm -hmm. So these four guys are rowing for 37 days, two hours on, two hours off, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Against those harsh conditions that are unimaginable to to many of us. Like, there must have been times where Hugo and his team were struggling mentally, physically, emotionally, and how important it was to be able to put your hand up and say, you know what, I'm not, I need help. I, you know, I'm, I'm struggling today. Mm-hmm. And talking with Hugo the last few months, he said that was a really important aspect of, of their team to be able to, sh- you know, to show vulnerability, to be able to ask for help, and then to be able to have each other's backs. Mm-hmm. And I think now more than ever in business and in life, we need to have each other's backs. We need to make those phone calls. We need to just ask each other the question, mm-hmm. uh, are you okay today? Um, and, and Hugo, I think from talking to you, you know, that really stood out, the bond that, that you guys created in overcoming adversity. But, you know, showing that leadership and that vulnerability to ask for help in the bad days and, and to express your emotions was, was something that I really took away from a mental health perspective. I think it was a great lesson for, for certainly everybody in our company in, in Jacobs and anybody, I think, listening uh, deeply to the emotions that you guys um, were feeling along the journey and the conversations that, that you had. I think it was that that was a real takeaway for me. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's, you think about it, you really have to be forthright and honest about like, you know, in an extreme condition like that, like what your capabilities are, I imagine, because if you're trying to, if you're trying to fake it till you make it and you're, you know, you're not being honest with yourself about what you're able to do at that moment, you're not only jeopardizing yourself, but you're putting your, your teammates at risk as well. And, and then it's, it's also trusting your teammates to be, to be able to like help you and not, you know, be condemn you or whatnot, like, Hey, come on, pull your weight or whatever, get on your case, but to actually realize, okay, he needs help, you know, for the good of the team, we need to all come together and, and then, you know, help him when he, he needs help because at some point we'll need help. So Hugo, you know, kind of on this, on this theme, you know, and having lived this experience at sea in isolation, you know, there's obviously there's some parallels like we've been talking about with folks globally who, you know, suddenly find themselves in a very disrupted state of life. You know, what advice would you give to people who are struggling with social isolation? It's um, that's a great question. And you know what, actually, you know, we, 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 I mentioned earlier that you know, being a, whether it's working on a submarine mm-hmm. or, um, or, or rowing an ocean, you, it, it, it gives you that perspective of what, what it takes to, to, to endure and overcome that, that, um, that, that challenging environment, because that's the environment you're stuck in. But as Tom put really well, you're, you're not a human being if you don't find, if you don't find it challenging. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even now, you know, I, I, I completely, I completely echo what many are feeling. I've, I've not, I've not enjoyed this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I've tried, I've tried to apply some of the, my, uh, you know, the mantra and the, and the, and the, the experience that, that of, of those, those environments I've been in to try and make it better. I think what, you know, some of those real things that I found really helpful uh, that I didn't really have a choice, you know, when you're stuck on the ocean, you've got two choices, you know, you've got row or don't row. Um, one of them gets you to the end. One of them gets you through the day. One of them gets you to to to, to the other end, to this this wonderful island of Antigua, mm-hmm. and then the other one doesn't get you anywhere. Uh, and I think probably putting that into into 
into something that makes a bit more sense. It was just about having that routine and breaking it down and living, living, living for each oar stroke and each each shift at a time, you know, each two hour shift. Mm-hmm. And that 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 would build into a day. And I think um in all that, it's taking taking the time to appreciate all the little wins, all those little things that we all take for granted in day-to-day life. Uh, and I do it, I'm guilty of it now. But at the time for me, like having a chocolate bar was 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 heaven. Mm-hmm. Having having a wash, you know, once a week was was the best thing in the world. What a treat, you know, and uh, and just these little things. And it took maybe, maybe all these little moments of, of small luxuries that I didn't that I normally take for granted in day-to-day life, and I probably do take for granted now. You you celebrate those, those little wins. And now I think it's trying to maybe change your perspective. So fitting that into your routine, just accepting that, you know, I got up, I went for a walk, I I, I you know, I got through that meeting, it went well. It went, you know, I've had I've had, you know, we've got through the day. Mm-hmm. It, celebrate those little wins, I think is one of those really special things. You know, and it's back also to to that human interaction thing. We've got people all around us. We've got colleagues, we've got friends, we've got family. You know, making time to to reach out to them. They're your teammates. They're your they're your crew through all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, as you said earlier about vulnerability, it doesn't have to be with colleagues. It doesn't have to be with friends or fat whatever. You know, it's 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 making time. Uh, sorry, it's it's making making yourself. You know, being being authentic being vulnerable, that incites a level of trust. I mean, people, people know you for the real you. So they, they feel that they can turn to you. They feel that they can help you. For me, that was something that really, really echoed with me on the Atlantic was, you know, by being, by, by showing, it's not even showing weakness. It's showing that I was having a hard time to some of my crewmates, you know, allowed them to be open with me. It built that, it built a natural trust between us that, that developed over time. And because of that trust, when things really went wrong, I knew that they'd have my back and they did go wrong. You know, things did really, really go wrong out there. Mm-hmm. And being able to put that trust, it empowers people to be able to step up by, by building that. And you know, if you have a, if you have a, a stone, if you stonewall people that they don't know what's going on, they can't help. And mm-hmm. likewise, you know, you can't help if they, if they're doing the same to you, it's just, it's just about communication. And, and that's just managed through day to day interaction and, and, you know, checking in with people and, you know, just being a bit authentic, I suppose. Yeah. And I think, you know, when you find yourself in a situation like that and kind of like in similar to what we're all finding ourselves in now, you know, it really strips away a lot of the superfluous trappings of life. Like in, in your, in your experience, I mean, it's pretty extreme, you know, I mean, like, like you just you know, kind of mentioned, you couldn't just get up out of the boat and just go for a walk or, you know, I need some alone time or anything like, you know, I mean, it was, you know, most everything that you could, you know, your day-to-day life was stripped away from you. So then the focus on your, on your peers, on your colleagues, on your fellow humans became you know, vitally important, right? You know, so when we strip away all this other stuff, these distractions, it, it makes us much more attuned to how important other people are to us. And so I, I kind of think that one of the dangers that we have now with the pandemic is people self-isolating on top of like the lockdown. And, and like you said, like stonewalling and not being, not reaching out to people, you know, and Tom, from, from that kind of standpoint, a mental health standpoint, what strategies have you seen that have been effective in helping people, you know, suddenly working from home for months on end? Yeah, good question. And 
some of the lessons from Hugo's story was, mm-hmm. you know, how do you overcome something when you can't see the end of it? Right. So I'm sure on day one, Hugo, when you started that journey, you know, when you're rowing for two hours and then you get a two hour break, you're thinking if you if you were thinking I have 37 more days of this, you know, you were probably completely fatigued. And I know you are from talking to you on day one. And if you were to focus on you've another 37 days, you never I, I know hand and heart from speaking to you, you never would have got there. And I think that lesson of just taking it one day at a time, just focus on winning the day. Like that was a huge takeaway for me because when I started, when this global pandemic started, um, I was looking at, okay, we're in this for six weeks and then, and then that's the end of it. It's the lockdown. And when you're looking at a date and time and you don't know when it's going to end, Mm -hmm. it really messes with your mind. So I think now more than ever, you know, a key lesson is, is to to be present. I want to, a quote that I have on my phone that really helps keep me grounded, Paul, mm-hmm. is, is a quote from Gandhi. And it says, you know, we should learn as if we live forever and we should live as if we'll die tomorrow. Mm. And actually, if you think about that for a second, I love it, right? Because we should always be looking to learn and grow and develop. And along our journey, right, I'm sure we've learned a lot about ourselves during this global pandemic, um, mm-hmm. about our own characters and the character of other people. Mm-hmm. Um and we should continue to learn. But the second part of that is we should live as if we'll die tomorrow. And that's so apt because we don't know what tomorrow will bring. And in Hugo's case, he didn't know what tomorrow would bring. And if he was worried about tomorrow, he would have never overcame the day. So I think it's a, it's a, it's a, real, it's, it's a real lesson. And from a mental health perspective, if there was one tool I could share with people. Mm-hmm. It's called the circles of control, right? You know, and it's a tool I came across and I use in sport where you just draw two circles, right? One circle is what's in my control right now. And the other circle, what's not in my control, right? And, and just write down what's in my control, my health, what I eat, who I speak to, my habits on a daily, a day-to-day basis, right? What's outside of our control, you know, might be the news, might be this global pandemic, might be the future of business, the future of work, right? But if we focus all our energy on tomorrow on what's outside of our control you know that's when i I think we struggle mentally because Mm -hmm. we have no control over our lives but the beauty of hugo's story is that you know living in the moment just focusing on every role just focusing on every hour like ultimately that got the guys and got that team over the line um and and something that at the start seemed impossible four guys no ocean rowing experience are going to you know you know, row 3,000 miles across the Atlantic, forget about it, no chance. Mm-hmm. But when they broke it down into these mini goals mm-hmm. every hour, every day, every week, eventually got, they got to that destination. I think that's how we should approach mental health. So great takeaway from, from Hugo's story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, Tom. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Because you can, you can get swallowed up so easy if you're like focused on the big picture. Like if you just kind of, you know, you... It, think about like just how how massive everything is how you know life and like how little control we actually have over our lives you know so it's like if you break it down to like what you can control on a small level and focus on those daily wins I mean, that seems to be a really a really powerful strategy for kind of dealing with that Hugo, what are the, would you say are, are the core lessons or a core lesson that you learned about overcoming adversity that we would all do well to keep in mind? 
overcoming adversity for me was um, was about uh, it was about more than just it was more than just an individual thing. It's how we how we did it how we did it amongst each other. Mm-hmm. So uh, again, back to what Tom said a minute, minute ago, it's, it's how you learn. Uh, it's how you learn about each other and how you how you react to something that's um, that's not ideal. Um, whether it's whether it's a bad day or uh, or things not quite going your way, you know, back to the uncontrollables, how you react to those, mm-hmm. uh, how you how again how you how you do the bits that are within your control. Um, and we had a few moments. We had we had ones that might not seem like a big deal, but for me were adverse. You know, we had we had um, we went into some. It was a race that we were that we were in on the Atlantics. We were racing other teams, and we decided to take a, a very northerly route. Mm-hmm. Uh, the wind didn't quite work in our favour, and we ended up being blown backwards for about a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, whilst all the southern teams were flying past us, and it's how do you deal with not things not quite going your way? We couldn't do anything about the weather. Mm-hmm. Um, what? How do we rebaseline? How do we deal with ourselves in that moment? How do you, you know, go back to thinking about what is in your control? Mm-hmm. What was in our control is we can change our course, we can change our objective, we can change um, our shift pattern. We, there are things that we can do. It's that mm-hmm. it's that it's that emotional resilience to being able to to come up with a very sensible way of getting through stuff. That's the that's the pragmatic way. That is the the the, the controllables and uncontrollables. Mm-hmm. For me, back to what we were talking about earlier, and, I, and I, this is this is again the favourite story is that moment of how how vulnerability and authenticity leads to being able to get through adverse moments. I had this moment where I was sleeping in the cabin. Mm-hmm. Um, we were doing we 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 we'd got past that hard bit where we were being blown backwards. The waves had picked up. It was back to being on the log flume. I was fast asleep in that back cabin, getting some much needed rest. I'd been asleep for about half an hour and then about 50, 60 litres of water came in through the cabin door. All the, everything in that cabin Mm. was rolling on top of me. I went upside down Mm. and it was, it was a brief moment of feeling like I was in a human sized washing machine. Mm. What had happened on deck was our boat had spun sideways and we'd capsized in the middle of the night, uh, you know, about 600 miles, five, 600 miles from Antigua. Mm. For me, in that moment, that was you know, our biggest moment of overcoming adversity as a team. Mm-hmm. That was that everything that had led to that moment of being authentic, of showing vulnerability, of building a, 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 an ethos, a culture, mm-hmm. led to the two guys on deck taking charge of the situation, getting the boat back in a safe position. Because you can't, in, in the cabins, you can't open the hatches because they would flood. The boat wouldn't self-right. You'd be upside down. You would be, mm-hmm. you know... Uh, sitting ducks in the water in in in, in horrendous conditions, mm. potentially life threatening. Mm. But so putting that complete faith in in people who you've empowered to be who you've empowered with trust to be able to look after you mm-hmm. uh, was probably the most powerful moment of my life. That one that will stay with me forever mm. is knowing that in that moment I I knew that I was in safe hands because um, because we developed that through through mm. good teamwork through good through good chat. And it, I mean, teamwork is, it's such a, such a buzzword, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's um, it was just a case of trust, uh, which had come through all these small things, all this build up of things. So for me, that's, that is, that is the, the pinnacle of, of overcoming adversity was, was just have being able to trust people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that doesn't come by just flicking a switch. That takes, that takes work, it takes work to be able to overcome it. So yeah, that's, that's, that's the powerful one for me. 
Oh, I can imagine. So, you know, picture the scene, you're in this little cabin and it's, you know, flooding with water and you know, you know, rationally, if you open the door, you're going to flood the cabin and it, the, the boat won't be able to, to right itself. But, you know, there's got to be a, a bit of a sense of powerlessness because, you know, you want to preserve your life, right? You want to flee from the danger, but you can't do anything. You can't take action because if you, if I read it right, you know, if you took action, you would just make the situation worse. So you just have to have faith that the two guys on deck are going to do their job and they're going to take care of business and that, that you all will come through it. And that's, it's easy for us to talk about teamwork when we're sitting in our offices and having coffee or tea and, you know, talking about meetings, but when you're out in the middle of the Atlantic ocean and it's your life on the line, I mean, that that's really got to take some, you know, some real, I think, fortitude. So, I think it's, it's exactly the same though. It's, it's, um, if you've got, um, it's, it's, the, it develops a culture, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's an organization, a sports team, you know, a family, whatever you know it's it's uh it's it's developing it in culture it's all well and good having posters that say we have a good culture mm-hmm. but it's the practice isn't it it's it's practicing all those little things that make a, a culture and ethos really special mm-hmm. uh, you know, living it because when when it's needed whether it's capsizing or you know when uh when you're when you're when you're trying when you've got when you're under pressure to deliver a project mm-hmm. uh, and things aren't quite going your way it's it's how it's how you overcome those moments together and look mm-hmm. after each other because again it's it's all it's there's 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 things beyond it you know? there's there's, right. there's moments beyond it where you can reflect on it and you've learned and you've overcome that together and that makes it even more special mm. so tom same question for you what are the core lessons about overcoming adversity that we would all do well to keep in mind yeah, well, I think the first thing we need to keep in mind and listening to Hugo, what really resonates with me is I think, first of all, we need to recognize that being faced with adversity isn't always a bad thing, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and just reflect for a minute, right? Again, anybody listening to this, we cannot, no matter how much we steer our lives, we can't escape setbacks. We're going to have conflict we're going to have difficult problem projects Mm -hmm. like how many of us are going to struggle with physical illness the prevalence of cancers in our families or our friends Mm -hmm. like unfortunately we've all or we will experience bereavement or relationship breakups so like setbacks are going to happen and what's really interesting is hugo put his hand up with his team to say you know I want 37 days of extreme setbacks and adversity to allow us to personally grow. So, you know, all the adversity that we're faced right now, we can either look at it and, and look at it completely negatively and think, oh, I wish didn't, this didn't happen. Like, why me? Um, and be in that kind of blame or, or, or fault mindset. Or we can be in that mindset of do you know what i'm going to take this on i'm going to use this responsibility i'm going to allow this setback in my life to grow and learn and develop and that's what resilience is and you know when we look at our mental health program in jacobs and and i think a lot of us are talking about this buzzword resiliency you can't develop resilience in life if you don't learn how to overcome setbacks and um, you know there's a book one of my favorite books is 
is feel the fear and do it. I know I had an extreme fear for flying for two years. And if I, if I just stopped flying, Mm -hmm. I would have, you know, look at all the amazing stories and memories I have um, from just getting around the world in my role with Jacobs or, you know, or or personally, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think Hugo facing all those fears and overcoming them, you know, I know from talking to Hugo, like is your character must have, have have increased you must have learned so much about yourself and others and i think i hope i hope this year people reflect on what they've learned from adversity and you know i was reflecting today on you know why do we do what we do like we we, we're all chasing this thing called maybe happiness or contentment right Mm -hmm. and an equation i i found today actually in thinking about this what is a definition of contentment right and I have it written down here because I'm an engineer by trade and I love <laughs> equations. And it is, you know, to want what you have divided by to have what you want. And think about it, to want what you have to, to divide by to have what you want. So sometimes we just need to forget about what we want and just reflect what do we have in our lives. And, you know, I don't know about you, you Hugo, but when you came off that journey, did it help instill a sense of gratitude in what you had in your life, appreciation for the small things, let it be a Mars bar or bottled water or a hot meal or, you know, like shower. You know, tw- a shower or six hours <laughs> sleep, you know, because I, yeah. I give out that I have a 13 month old child and I'm only getting four hours of sleep, sleep a night. Um, so you guys getting an hour of sleep, you know, over two or three days, I'm sure the sense of gratitude um, must have increased after your journey. No, definitely. It's, um, it definitely amplified my sense of perspective. And, you know, a, a sense of perspective I already had being a submariner, being deployed for you know, months on end where, you know, those, those small luxuries where we all take for granted in life aren't there, you know, but it was, it was definitely, um, it definitely emphasised what matters. It made you grateful for such basic things. I, I I wouldn't say it changed me as a person, but it definitely enriched my personality. I think it's it's as you say very well. You can you can see what your human the human body is capable of. That we can put ourselves through some quite incredible things. Where where we're so flexible, so moldable um, as creatures. You know, we go through this whole transition through our lives, uh, and you know, to be able to 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 see our see. You know, where relatively normal people get through this is is quite eye-opening about what else one can do what else can we put ourselves through and i'm not talking about incredible adventures but you know definitely in day-to-day life what can we how we can go about being um being better human beings and and um has certainly enriched enriched me in that perspective yeah definitely mm. well so hugo my my last question for today is if you could do it all over again what would you have done differently? Really good question. Uh, I think the the I would have brought more Nutella. Because uh, <laughs> I, I said last time, I'd definitely bring more Nutella. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I mean, this is more talking about the the, te- the technicalities of rowing, mm-hmm. but the there's there's no blueprints to do it perfectly. You, you'll see different different people have done it in the world, and there's people try different things out to 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 do it. And I'll, I, again, it's back to controllables and uncontrollables. Mm-hmm. But one of the controllables is it's almost impossible to eat for your first four days. 
it's just such a shock to the human body to go into two hours on, two hours off, add sunshine, seasickness, the actual, you know, the actual pattern wearing, exhaustion, and so on. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely, definitely would makes makes it has a huge impact on on your ability to kind of keep calories down, and mm-hmm. and so definitely more more tasty foods to be able to circumnavigate seasickness. Uh, yeah, very kindly pointed pointed out to us was. Uh, was our routing probably try and pick a better router next time to point us in the right direction <laughs> i think we were actually the team who covered the most miles i think it's a it's a three thousand mile crossing we must have done about three thousand one hundred i think we did an extra couple of days worth of rowing because we because of that route that took us so far north mm. we ended up having to do this funny z shape across the atlantic but you know what that was all part of our journey that was mm. all part of our journey is you know if it'd been if it'd been quick we wouldn't have we wouldn't have experienced you know if it had been quick and easy we wouldn't have experienced the those those life enriching moments those you know as Tom puts it adverse moments that build you as a character mm-hmm. um, yeah definitely get a better route to point you in the right direction mm. interesting stuff well you you had the journey you were meant to have right yeah. you know and I mean what an amazing experience so. Hugo and Tom, thank you both so much for for talking with me today. Um, you know, it's a fascinating story, and there's a lot of lessons that we can learn from it. You know, not not many of us will get to say that we rode across the Atlantic, but you know, so you kind of you're going out there and you're doing that for those of us at home. But we're learning lessons from the journey that you made. And Tom, thank you so much for for your wise words about you know what we can do to uh, kind of be present in the moment. And I think for me, the kind of the focus on looking at those adverse conditions as positives and not as negatives. And it's all about mindset and how you're framing the context of what you're being confronted with. So Hugo and Tom, thank you both so much. Thank you very much. In fact, definitely next time I need to bring a Tom Parsons with me. Uh, <laughs> I, what, what we need is Gandhi quotes on a day-to-day basis to get us through the, the yeah, I will definitely bring more Gandhi quotes with me next time. Yeah. Um, no, thanks again, guys. Really appreciate it. Thanks really enjoyed me. that. Thanks folks.